welcome to the Healerology Podcast. This is a show about healing, healers, and methods to dissolve emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. I'm your host, Dominic, a student of life, a sharer of knowledge, and a guide to achieving inner peace. The goal of this show is to teach you how to become your own healer, discover and connect to the power inside of you, and live your best life. So, let's get to healing. All right, so I'm sitting here with Gina Avalon. I know Gina as a friend. I know Gina as a breathwork practitioner, uh, not only as a student, also as a teacher. And I know her as a super, super achiever and met her when she said she works in operating rooms with doctors and guides them on minimally invasive surgery with robots. So um, I'm sharing you with Gina today and just doing a, a deeper dive. Again, I like to have what I call healers on my show. People have worked on themselves and reached level of healing, but also help others and really embrace the philosophy of that. You know, we are all our own healers. So um, with that introduction, Gina, thank you for, for showing up. And just what would be, say, one of the first things that you think people would notice about you, like when they meet you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for that introduction. Um, what is What do I think is something that people notice about me when they first meet me? Yes. Um, let's see. Well, maybe just energetically that I'm very open and, uh, physically that maybe I'm tall and I have long hair. Mm, yes. True. <laughs> you know, I notice these same things too. I, 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 I would add that, you know, I, I, I noticed there was, uh, intelligence and like a playfulness and also uh-huh. like a, a forcefulness in, in, in conversation. Um, and I do notice like you're with people, like you're, you're very much a, a doer. You're like, you know, okay, let's get this done. You can be very easily e- excited. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. Some of those things. Yeah. So I, you know, getting into your background a little bit. So when, when, when I met you, uh, I was definitely fascinated by this whole, you're in the operating room with, with doctors stuff. So how did that come about? Because you're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. And usually you would think if someone's going to be helping doctors out, particularly in an operating room, it'll be like a, another doctor, another specialist, mm-hmm. but, but you're not. And so tell me about that. And how did that ever come about? Hmm. Goodness. Well, let's just say, you know, it all started off. I mean, I've always, medicine has always been interesting to me, but I never thought of it as, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a physician. I'm going to be a surgeon. Um, it was more of a, more of the health part of it. Um, and I, you know, believe that, you know, the, the, this healthcare system that we have, um, even though it's healthcare, there, there really is no health behind it. So at a very young age, I just really started to see that we ourselves have to find what works for our, like individually, what works for us, um, to achieve whatever health, um, uh, whatever, whatever health issue or problem that we're working on individually. Like it's not something standard that you can go to a doctor and it's like, here, this is what you need to do. You have this, you have this problem, treat it this way. Um, because this is what we do. Like anytime you have this symptom, we cure it with this. Even again, at a young age, when going to the doctors, I would just sit there and be like, but that doesn't resonate with me. Let, let's play with this a little bit. So, um, luckily I had, you know, my parents were very open to, you know, different types of modalities and, and healing. So we would do food, we would do, um, different types of plants, different types of herbs. Um, so yeah, just at a really young age, um, I was attracted to health, um, but then I was also very curious to see how the industry, how, you know, um, you know, uh, in terms of medicine, what that looked like. So I was interested in both and how there has to be value there as well. Um, and, and, and the integration, maybe it's an integration that needs to happen. So 
I think overall that was my core, but starting off how I ended up here, um, was kind of, I think it was just the universe that just kept trying to throw me somehow, some way into, into medicine and into health. So, um, at a young age, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, but long story short, uh, started to realize, you know, Oh, I have to be in business in order for me to make money and be successful. I need to be in business. So, you know, I went off of my career, um, started, to, I worked at a veterinarian clinic, um, and then quickly they put me to, to manage the, the office. So again, it was like, okay, let me use these business skills. That's going to help me to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a recurring theme. People <laughs> see you doing something and they say, like, we should have Gina run this. She <laughs> seems to know what she's doing. And that actually happened a lot in my life, even just personal lives. But I mean, in my personal life, um, apart from the career side, um, but obviously that was something, yeah, as an outsider, oh, that's great. But inside, it, internally, it was a lot of pressure mm-hmm. um, that, you know, down the road, I mean, that this could be something else that we can talk about. It's something that I worked out internally um, with myself. But so, um, quickly, uh, I changed my, I mean, I, gosh, I had so many credits when I was going to school, um, because I kept changing my mind. Like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. Um, but I was noticing that everything I was coming across somehow, some way it was going to all make sense. So I just trusted the process. Um, I ended up getting a double major and then, um, I got a job working in medical diagnostics and then quickly I got promoted and I started to travel internationally, um, to sell, um, they were cyclotrons that produced radioactive tracers to detect cancer. So for pet scans and I was opening that market internationally. And this was all for animals. Uh, that, no, that at this point, no, at this point it was all for humans, human okay. diagnostics. Right. So, um, and it was all in the uncol- hematology oncology's, um, uh, sector. So I was really dealing with people with, you know, that were going through, obviously, um, medically they were, um, they were going through this very tough stage of cancer. Um, but what usually, you know, what's tied to this is not just the physical part or what's happening internally to the organs is the emotional state of the individual. So as I was like, you know, traveling, we were doing all these conferences and I was dealing with these oncologists. One question you say like, so their condition, having cancer also intrinsically tied to the emotional state was, was this an awareness you had at the time or this was actually part of what was being presented to you in the sales process? No, it wasn't presented to me at the time or it wasn't part of the sales process or how I was trained. Um, just innately, it was just something I felt and it was just something I quickly like observed and I quickly started to do my own research and my own readings and, and just started to realize like, cause it was like, okay, I'm selling this product. I'm here promoting it. Let me learn a little bit more about it. So we, you know, I would be in these conferences, we would get the data, we would get the research that has been done, but what there was like this small, like the, this one sector that they weren't talking about in the conference was how, when they started to see, like when the patient started to realize, Hey, this disease came about maybe because of an emotional state of mine, or maybe because of the environment I grew up in and I never, you know, or something, a childhood trauma or PTSD or a workaholic. It was like always tied to an emotion or something that wasn't it was psychologically wasn't doing them good. And then eventually that part of the, themselves just said, I can't deal this any, I can't deal with this anymore. So the body started to break down, body started to break down. Immune system started to go low. So what happens? It starts gravitating to the weak organs and bam, causes cancer of some sort. You know, everybody gets different types of cancers. Um, and we, you know, we could go, you know, we could talk about how different organs hold a lot of different, different types of emotions. Like for example, the spleen is a lot of, I'm not enough. Um, so I mean, that's another topic, but well, on, on that topic, you know, what grabs my attention is, you know, you're working for this company, they want to sell this product, they want to do it the most successfully. And it seems like they're, they're very hyper-focused mm-hmm. on, on what's presenting in the patient. And yeah. in some ways they actually need these things to present in the patient for those devices to sell. And your, your quick study, I mean, you, you pick up exactly what the business model is and like you, your focus becomes, but wait, there's, there's precursors 
there's reasons why the patient yeah. evolved to a state where they got cancer. Why did you become so so curious about that aspect of it? I think because data doesn't lie. So um, you would start to talk to people and you would see why are the, they recovering faster than mm. those? I'm interested to know why are they recovering faster? And, you know, sometimes I'd have the opportunity to talk to these patients or I'd have the opportunity to talk to my, my surgeons or my physicians and be like, Hey, so this patient, the study that we had, like, why did, why do you think they recover fast? We're like, Oh, well, you know, they were juicing, they were doing some other stuff, but it was so funny talking to the physician because to them, it was like, they didn't see, they didn't see like how, hello, do you, do you see the, the, what's happening here? Like they're changing their lifestyle as they're going through treatment and they're recovering a lot faster. Two years later, they're, they're free of cancer, but this guy two years later got cancer again. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the common denominator here. And these physicians were completely lost. Like they just didn't see it. So, um, didn't, didn't see it or just oh, mm. their, their attention was, Focus on a place like there we go. They they wouldn't become aware of it. Sure, 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 sure. So and then just reading, like I started to do, I used to you know read different people's um, testimonials or like their own stories, and not only that, but eventually what happens is I was the patient. So not that I had cancer, but some stuff started to happen to me, Mm -hmm. and I started to you know do my own like you know assessment and like what's going on here and just doing, you know, reading you, and changing. You know diet. where this is going to go because you've seen the cancer. You got it. Okay. You got it. So it was like the, the best way to go about is like, you're, you're the, you're the, the subject now, like you're the, the patient. So I, and not only that, I wasn't just the patient. What started to happen was my parents were the patients and my brother and my sister were the patients. Mm. So I, from talking to you, I, I know that you're, you're very close with your family. Correct. And like, you know, when, when they have issues, like you, you take on their issues, at least very much from, from the point of view of being a problem solver for them. Sure. 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 So yeah, the, but now obviously that I look back, it was such a blessing because it was like, I don't want to say they were my guinea pigs, but <laughs> yeah, like who, you know, like. I put it to the test with them too. And I saw the recovery. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw it within myself. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, at a very young age, I was always very curious and always questioning like, um, okay, yeah, I can sell this product. Not a problem. Like, yeah, I'm good at that. The business side, I'm good at it. I can do mm-hmm. it. Got it. So it's like, what else can I get out of this? So. Hey, before you, you, you hop and maybe if, we might come back to it in a larger sense later, but you said you, you saw the efficacy of the changes that you made. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it was juicing. It doesn't sound like it was like, you know, having people do more push-ups or sit-ups. Mm-hmm. What, what was you say like the, the things that you focus on mostly with your, your parents or like your family that you saw or yourself that what yeah. really was like the, the, the key element that created the greatest change. So, Definitely the emotional state and energetic state. I mean, we're energy, we're energetic beings. You, you got to define that. I'll, I'll say for our, my listeners, but I'll say for me, when you say like the energetic, yeah. we're all energy. What is, yeah. what, what do you say? Okay. So just so I don't like go on a tangent. So for example, like with my, with my father, he had high blood pressure, diabetic. Um, he started to have um, some sinus issues um, things just started to build up a depression, like all this stuff. So it was like, yes, food, diet, exercise, pushups, like you said, like that helps a lot. Why does it actually help is because it puts that person into like, almost like a, you're working out, you're exercising for many people. It puts them in a meditative state when it puts them in this meditative state, it puts them in this, this state of almost like safeness. Like, okay, the body feels safe right now. I can heal. All right, let me remove some of this energy block that doesn't serve me. Let me do this. So the body starts healing. Like you start trusting the body. Mm. Instead of making decisions with your mind, the the body knows exactly what to do. Mm. So it's just, it's healing. So what happens? Yes, the food that we're doing, all the changes, it's going to give you better energy. Not only that, but like 
you're going to feel better. So when you feel better, you're more motivated. And when you're more motivated, you're, you're more open to like, well, okay, let me try this. Let me do this. Let me do. So once that starts to happen, energetically, you start to shift. Why? Because those old thoughts and those old patterns and, you know, not only that, but when you don't feel good, you don't have that much energy. You're going to be down and depleted. So it's that energy is going to build up. It's going to build up. It's going to build up. So eventually, yeah, I can tell my dad, Hey dad, eat, eat more, um, or eat more celery dad. Mm -hmm. That's going to help the blood pressure drop, um, in two weeks. So I, what I started to do with my dad is I used the placebo effect. Mm. Um, and I would be like, but what was actually changing was his energy. But you know, if I told him that he'd be like, what do you mean I have to change my energy and I'm going to get better? So instead of that, I would use the placebo. I'd be like, Hey dad, if you use, if you take these vitamins twice a day, and if you do this and you do that, it's going to heal this, you're going to feel better. You're going to do So it's like, he would do it because he trusted me and he trusted like, okay, this magic pill I'm taking is going to make me better. And eventually it got to the point where I'll tell my dad, Hey dad, if you eat an apple, um, in the morning and in the evening, um, it's showing that your diabetes is, you're just going to have to take a pill every other day. <laughs> and he believed it and he totally believed it. So he would go to his doctors and literally his, his general practitioner would be like, what are you doing? Every, cause he would see him quarterly. Every time I see you, you're just doing a lot better. He's like, you don't need any more of these medications. What mm. are you doing? What's happening? Wonderful. So it was like, it was, so my dad would come right back to me and like any little thing, he'd be like, okay, Gina. So now I'm taking only half a pill every other day. How can I go to zero pill? I'd be like, okay, dad, now we're going to take it to the next level. So it's like, and I would just make things up dad. So now the meditation piece needs to come into it. It's just, mm -hmm. it was just ways of getting my dad to a certain state where the body is going to heal itself and release that energy. That's it. That's yeah. all I was doing. Oh, it's so funny. But in his head, it was like this magic pill, the B12 dad, the B12 is going to do it for you or dad turmeric. Come on, let's get on turmeric. Like, yes, these herbs and all these stuff are great for you and they're going to help. But it also started to shift him energetically because it would, it would help him get into a meditative state because he didn't have all that, that stress or maybe that extra belly when he was sitting uncomfortable. But, you know, you know, um, if you have, um, inflammation, if he was sitting in meditation pose, maybe after 10 minutes, he would have to move his legs. But now because we're using the food, you know, inflammation is going down, but we're, I'm also telling him that sitting and meditating is going to help the blood pressure. You know, it's like, it's, it's just, it was like all this stuff, but energetically he was just clearing, clearing, clearing. And then eventually he was like, Hey, you know, he got weights and then he was now he was talking about energy mm. without me even saying it. He'd be like, Oh, I read this book on energy and it kind of relates to what I'm feeling and this and that. So, um, and then, you know, I, from there, I used it on my brother. My, it was, it's all a placebo effect to some oh. degree. Oh, it's so interesting. So effective with you, your family. Gina, that's, as you were talking, you know, working with your father and talking about energy, it also seems like, you know, you, you kind of have an innate sense of energy, maybe more so sure. than many people. But I would have to tell you, as I'm doing this with my dad, you know, as I'm working with these machines and cancer and learning a lot more, not just like the, um, the holistic part of it, but also the medical part of it. Um, and this stuff was happening to me. It happened to me at a very young age as a little girl too, but I just kind of bypassed it and ignored it. Um, but now, even though I'm telling you this, I'm sharing this with your dad about my dad and the energy and all this, I still didn't understand it. Hmm. Like I felt it, but I still didn't understand it. Mm. Like, um, there's a part of me that's, you know, was like, I understood, like I, I was seeing what was happening and it was working, but at a deeper level, like if someone would tell me like, oh, so what really is happening? Like I couldn't, I just energetically, like, all that stuff, like I couldn't really explain really what was happening, but it's working. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like, it was maybe just my learning process, like really learning it, but from experience. Yeah. So, so, you know, at some point you, you wind up in robotics. In, in, in robotics operating room, but it, it, it seems like you were getting very clear signs that, you know, the way to really address someone's like physical problems is 
way before they manifest as like physical problems. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're going deeper into traditional medicine. You got it. Um, <laughs> did, did you feel conflicted along the way? Like, am I doing the right thing? The, the money's great. Yeah. I'll, I'll do this in the second part of my life. Like, how were how you also advancing, but at the same time mentally, at least in my head, sounds like you were moving further away from, from that paradigm of problem, cut, that's a solution. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, so just a little bit of background too. Um, I ended up getting my, my master's, my MBA. And at the same time I was, I got my health certificate too. I, I went to school to become a, a health coach, a, a wellness coach. Um, but still I always said, well, you know, I, I love this wealth. I mean, this, this health and this wellness. Um, but you know, I think, I think I need to go into like the business side of this because this is, I mean, I don't think this, there's, maybe it's just me. I'm going crazy and let's see what else is there. Um, so the way I got into robotics. Mm. So you got the health certification, still had maybe doubt about energy, this being a thing, but you know, medicine is an established field. You got it. Clearly money can be made in it. You got got your business degree. And so at least at that point you said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go towards the traditional, traditional, tangible side. Totally, totally. And I mean, I even got to the point where like it doesn't need to be in medicine. I just need to be. I just want to go into corporate. I want to be successful. I want to be in business. Let's see what happens where this takes me. But of course, my guides and ancestors put me in this in this one job. We'll, we'll talk more about guides and ancestors <laughs> later. <laughs> Um, so it was a, a friend of mine at the time she worked for the company and she, she just kept saying this, you have to do this. You have to work here. You, this is totally you. And I remember during my travels, I saw, I saw robotic surgery and I thought, wow, how amazing would this be? Long story short, I ended up working for them. Um, but what's so interesting and the reason why I decided to go with this position was I saw it so amazing that you could eat it's clinical, but there's also the business side of it. Mm-hmm. So th- my position, it was like a balance of the two. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Cause I get tired easily. So it's like, I get bored easily. So mm-hmm. this would be, this would totally keep me going. Um, and what was so fascinating about it for me was the actual training. Like they put you through this vigorous training. It's almost like a PhD on steroids. So you learn all your anatomy, you learn all your procedures. And I'm here really learning, um, the inner workings of every individual and what surgery is about and all this stuff. Like, whereas before it was more like, okay, yeah, cancer, but here it was like surgery. Like why mm-hmm. do we need surgery? So it was, it was quite interesting. And I love technology. We're working with robots. So it was amazing. I got the first three years of my, of my career, I was so focused on business. Like, oh my gosh, I'm doing well and we're doing great for patients. You know, um, the outcomes for the patients doing the surgery robotically is amazing. So I felt good about myself. I felt I'm doing good for the world and patients and I'm, I'm, the money's great. Like I'm, 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 I'm good and I'm in a career and I'm, um, it's, it's a prestigious job. I feel good. Yeah. Wins across the board. I mean, it's totally minimally invasive surgery is much greater than non minimally invasive surgery. And as you said, greater outcomes, patients getting better, like your curiosity is being satisfied. You need to use your mind. All good. You got it. But what started to happen was, um, when I finally got there, um, I had a moment and I kind of, I don't know. It was just this, I started, well, okay. What's okay. What started to happen was I would come home from work. I would have long hours and I loved my job. Like I loved my job. And it's like how it's amazing what I was doing. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm getting paid for this. Awesome. But what started to happen is eventually I would come home and I'd be drained. I'd be exhausted and I'd be drained and I'd be like, but why do I feel tired? Like, I'm okay. I love my job. I'm okay. I'm fine. Maybe it was just a long day. Maybe it was a long week. Maybe it was a tough month. It was tough six months. Oh, that was a tough year, but I still love what I do. What's happening. 
Mm-hmm. What's happening? What, what's, what's happening with me? Like, I love what I do. Is something happening to me? So I started to question. I got, I got, you know, I, I finally was able to buy my place. I was traveling and money was not an issue. I bought the car that I wanted. Life was good. But internally, something was feeling heavy. Something after an outing with friends, I started to cancel. Like I just wasn't feeling good. Money wasn't doing it anymore. The job wasn't just something was wrong. So I started to practice Kundalini yoga. Um, I got really into it. I started to access certain things during Kundalini that I just wouldn't talk with anybody about because I just thought this was the norm. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing really happening. We're all experiencing this. Yes. That are doing Kundalini yoga. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. I totally thought that. And then eventually my Kundalini teacher told us about this energy healer locally. And I was kind of like, ah, okay, let me go check this out. I don't want to go see a therapist. I've never seen a psychologist, but I'm feeling this. Maybe I should go see someone. So I went to go see this healer. And for the first time, I rem- I'll never forget, I laid on his bed. He barely had to do anything. I just completely cracked open. I started to feel these weird energies. I started to see, like, it was just this whole, like, psychedelic experience almost. But I felt good. So I'm like, but Be- I was scared. Better than you had been feeling for a while. You got it. Um, so I was like, so as soon as, like, I got out of it and it was, like, another person there, it was kind of like, okay, so we're done, right? And he's like, you need to come back. Mm. And so I came back maybe twice after. And you said scared. What, what, where did the fear come from? I think the fear of completely surrendering to somebody and letting go. Mm. Um, and the complete fear of accessing the things, feelings and emotions that I was numbing. Um, I was actually feeling them for the first time. And I was in a state and I was in a space where I, my body felt safe, but my mind didn't feel safe. Mm. So the body obviously took over and said, Hey, we're going to feel these emotions and these feelings and we're going to let them go. And this is what it feels like to let them go. And this is energy. Like I didn't know any of that. So to me, it was like, it is, it was uncomfortable, but I was feeling better afterwards, but I was still feeling very exposed to someone. And so this is a case, I guess, once again, of, of the body doing what it does totally. normally, which is heal itself and go towards if we let health it. right? and in your mind going to fear because you're, you're judging the process or like you're, you're trying to impose a will on something that's actually a very physical process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think more, um, it was more of, for me is, um, not being in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously with my career and everything that was going on, you know, I've always been very, um, I've kind of, I, I got myself to where I am, you know, always working hard. So not having control of something in this case, being my feelings and my emotions was scary, it was absolutely scary. Like, can I trust this? Um, so it was all foreign to me. It was all foreign to me. And some guy like just putting his hands in certain areas in my body, like, whoa, whoa what are you doing? Like, what, and why am I feeling this way? So it was like, almost like, hold on, you know, I, let's intextual, let, let's put this in words. Let's, let's, what, what, where's, where's the data? What exactly is happening right now? So I wasn't getting those answers. So I went maybe twice after that. And then I said, I'm not coming back. I have, I, I'm very busy right now. I made every excuse possible to not go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the back of my head, it was always like, I need to call him back. I need to go back there. I need to go back there. I, you know, I need to go back there. A whole year passes by and I finally make that appointment. And I do not remember how I ended up in his office. I ended up in his office and once again, I laid down and bam, everything starts happening again but I'm in a different state. I am ready to now do the work. I'm tired of living my life like this. I'm tired of feeling this heaviness. So over the course of that year, you were feeling the exact same. Worse. Worse. Meaning, so I would go out, let's say happy hour with friends or colleagues. I just wouldn't like come home. I'd be exhausted. I wouldn't feel good. I was, you know, I had a lot of friends. I knew a lot of people Life was good externally. 
you know, I was dating guys. I, I was in a, you know, in a, I mean, it was just like externally looked like the best life ever, but I'd go home and I would just like, why do I feel this way? And it, now it took effort to be out and about with people. Like I felt like it took effort to be in a social setting. Um, and I would be hanging out with friends and I was tired of the, you know, yeah, we would have deep conversations, but I wanted to go a deeper level. Like let's, what's really going on. So I wasn't experiencing that. I I just want to add, because you know, this moment that you're speaking of, you know, for me, I, I'm always looking for it. Say the clients I have are just when people talking to like that shift, it's like, I call it like you, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired moment. Yeah. And, and that's when a lot of the surrender comes in, or at least the mind goes, okay, I, I give up. I've been trying to do it this way for, for years, for decades. And clearly I'm not getting the result I want. And I don't really know how to get the result I want. I may not even know the result I want, but I know I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like yeah. you, you got to that place. You got it. And, but there was two ways of going. There's the, this is life. This is how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep going. You know, let's just keep going. You know what? Let me just, maybe if I get that promotion and I make more money and I move back to California and they're going to give me the position I want, it'll get better. But I think this is it. This is, this is life. And now, you know what? Maybe let me just, okay, I'm going to let myself get married and now I'm going to have kids like, but, or that's the other where it's like, you know, I could do that, but I know eventually this is going to come back again. Yeah. It could, could also be uh, a combination. You know, thanks for pointing that out. I'm, I'm so in the, like, let's go for the shift and let's start healing that I, I forgotten about the, well, actually, no, you can just keep doing what you're doing, You got it. but also to keep doing what you're doing. It's, this kind of gets back to what you talked about earlier. This is where, Oh, like health problem, chronic pain, you got it. Autoimmune disease. You got it. You got it. And that's what was happening to me. But the way it was manifesting for me was fatigue, um, sluggish. And you know me, that's so not me. So when I started to feel that way, I was feeling bad. Like somebody feeling what they feel is like maybe, you know, if they have cancer, obviously not to that extreme, but to me, it was like my cancer. Yeah. For me, it's it's so unimaginable because... You know, I always witnessed she was like, okay, let's go, go, go. Let's, let's get out of here. It's, it's, it's very much like a, a kid type energy. Like, you know, I always say extreme like playfulness. And, and whenever you do see things kind of getting like needlessly somber or heavy, you're just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> because you're like, I, I, I know how to enjoy myself already. I know how to have a good time. I know how to not take things seriously. So yeah, hard for me to, to imagine you back at that stage. So yeah. And it was tough. So because also too, you know, my, my weakness was projecting. So I had to project to the world that I'm okay though. I'm not, I'm not. So I would have to fight that sluggishness. And so what would go home? I'd go home and I would hermit. Like it was like, ugh, and like, I can't show this to anybody. So I was like internalizing all of this. Mm. So, so yeah, that one year, it definitely got worse. Um, so I go back to the session and I was ready. I was ready to go, go the other, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And so after that session, I told him, I'm like, I'm going to come four times a week. I'm ready to do this. Wow. So I was going four times a week and you know, what's consistent with you like all the time. It's just like, uh, going all out, like, you know, <laughs> achieving or really just overachieving. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to overachieve and I'm going to wind up in like, you know, making good money and in, in, in the operating room with doctors who, gone and done tons of schooling themselves. I'm going to heal. I'm instead of like once a month, I'm going to go four times a week. And that's what happened. Yeah. You know, wow. so, but it was also cause something, so I didn't, you know, I didn't share this, but something health did like with my menstrual cycle, something did happen. So it was like, I, I, I need to do something about this. So I said four times a week. And that's when I really like just started to like, happen into my intuition. And it's funny that the company I work for it's well, is intuitive. So it's just like all this stuff started to happen and the healer started to tell me, um, well, I don't want to call him, you know, the, the, the energy worker that I was working with, um, he started to like plant seeds, like, you know, 
you are, you do have ability, you can work with energy, you know, you could do this, you could do that. And little by little, um, so I went four times a week and then I went from, then I went three times a week to two times a week once a week. And then eventually he was just like, Gina, just, you just have to come once a month. Like you're fine now. So it was mm-hmm. like, I was like, can we get an idea of that art? Because I also like to give people, cause so much what you're talking about, like literally thousands of people are going to identify with. And so I want them to give an idea of like, so, okay, so what is kind of that, that length of time? And of course, you know, for everyone, it's going to be different, different. but yes, it is. what, what was it for you? So for me, I think it was three months. I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was definitely ready. Yeah. I was ready. And, and I was taking it serious because, because I was going four times a week, I was integrating back to back. And what happened was at least for me quickly, again, everyone's different, but for me, the whole going four times a, a week happened over three months. And then it was like once a week and then once a month. So, but I have to tell you what was happening during these sessions was extremely uncomfortable was I was so lost Um, people, you know, friends that I had were just kind of disappearing quickly, um, because I was changing and shifting so quickly and I didn't know what to, to make of it. Um, but all I knew, I mean, externally, my life was changing and that was stressful. Um, but internally I kept going back inside. I'm like, but this feels good. Mm. You know, in, in, in hindsight, looking at it, like, who, who were you and who were you becoming over this time period? I think I was definitely, um, a successful career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who I thought I was. Like, that's how I saw myself. Yeah. Um, and what I realized is that successful like to be successful that word is like okay yeah externally career that's great but internally if you're not successful internally Mm -hmm. like you're not successful yeah you're not successful because i truly believe that you know once i started to work with energy is that when you're successful internally and doing your inner work everything externally happens naturally no, it is a shame we didn't meet then. I mean, I wasn't in the position then, but like you, the the successful career people are my ideal clients. Okay. They're, they're, oh, I w- you mean you would have been? Yeah, I would have probably been seeing you five times a week. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're helpful for me now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah um, but totally. Yeah, I would have been seeing you for sure five times a week. Uh, yeah. Um, so you, you, so a bit more. So you, you were becoming a person who's like yeah, obviously redefining success, but also what are some of the other things? Like you, you, you're noticing, noticing your emotions more, you're well, numbing less. What else? So I think what, I, what was happening for me was also just, um, any health issue or concern that I have was beginning to clear. Um, any cloudiness or any stress or any anxiety, which is the one thing for me was anxiety. Like anytime, you know, I would have too many projects all at once. And the thing that would creep up is anxiety for me. I started to notice that I would begin to catch the anxiety before it would come and I'd be able to stop and slow down. I'd be more efficient. Um, but what really started to happen was I just started to feel a lot more happier in life. Like, with any decision I would make, I wouldn't shame myself. I wouldn't beat myself. It wasn't, if it didn't come out perfectly, um, my relationships with my family got better. Um, the new friendships I started to create. I mean, that connection was just worth so much like, and the vulnerability with friends and the openness and the community, it was just, life was just feeling so amazing. And so what started to happen is my life started to change. So people started to come to me and ask me for help mm-hmm. or they would ask me, Gina, you've changed. Like, what did you do? Even old friends would come a year later, be like, Gina, you know, I've, I've seen what you've done to yours. Like, what is it? So eventually I started to get into this role of like, well, let me share with you what I've done. And as that happened, I started to tap into different things. When I would talk with people, like I would start 
seeing energy, seeing colors, or I would hear things for them, or I would feel things for them. And I would, and I would tell them and they'd be like, Whoa, where did you get that? How did you do that? And then all of a sudden I started to play with energy. I would see energy in different parts in the body. And first I would test it with myself. And then I would test it with my friends and family because they trusted me. And then eventually, um, I went into this one modality called breath work and I was able to have this whole internal real, like this, this, this experience this psychedelic like experience with not having to ingest anything, this non-ordinary state of consciousness of like, of the state of complete awareness of like myself, my body, my subconscious. And not only that, but maybe other things that happened to me in past lives or, or, um, maybe out of body experiences that can give me insight. And like, I was able to access different things outside of me that can help me in this life. You know, I've gone to your, your breathwork classes and, so I know what it is. Even my eyes are getting big. Hearing, hearing you describe it, I, I think maybe maybe we may need is a little bit of description of, of what breathwork is because you not only did you go to breathwork classes as typical Gina, you you became certified as a breathwork practitioner, and now you you offer classes yeah. in this. Um, but I guarantee you, people are hearing you say this, they're, they're, they're going to say, I need breath work. <laughs> so, um, what, what is, is that? And like, you know, who, who would respond best to it or what would be the best approach someone should take when looking into breath work? Sure. Um, so I guess I want to start with this. So for me, when I first tried breath work, I was like, I had looked at my own life and what I have gone through, like the process, the energy work, like I'm like, if you know, this wasn't easy, then I go into breath work and all of a sudden I become my own healer. So I'm like, and now, so like I mentioned earlier, people started to come to me, ask me for help. And I'm trying to help them with my health coaching, you know, with energy, like all this, all this insight, this, these, I'm channeling stuff, but I'm like, how can I, you know, how can people access, like, I know meditation for me took me quite some time to get to meditation and breath work was one of those that just by a specific type of breathing technique that you have to do drops you into that state. So I'm like, hold on. I can bring this to many people because they're not ingesting anything. They don't have to be for a certain coal. We don't have to do a certain ceremony. We don't have to dress a certain way. Like if you can breathe, you can do this modality. So it's a, that's what attracted me to it right away. Yeah, and you also don't even have to understand anything. Nothing. You're breathing. You're alive. Dude, you can take my class. And that's what I loved about it. Um, so when I experienced it, I'm like, oh, okay, there's something here. I need to learn this. I need to learn this. And by that time, not, you know, I had Reiki, all that's like, it was interesting to me, but I still had an, nothing really, nothing ever like really stuck with me. Like it was like, Oh, that was a great experience, but I don't see this being sustainable mm-hmm. for me. Breathwork was the most sustainable practice. And I'm like, well, this is a way to reach people. Um, so. And also what I want to add about breathwork, it's that it, it really uses the pathway of the body. I mean, of course, breath, um, I find it so accessible in, in also, such a good way of going through what people are carrying and processing because like you you can't reach that end destination unless you use your body in some way at least you know in in my opinion so breath work is, is a way of, of getting there but i think a lot of what people try they're not they're in this this headspace but they're not really like you know moving energy in their body they're not like focusing on it yes um, yes. you know, so much of what people are dealing with, it's, it's outside the cognitive layer. It's, it's, we might even say it's not even subconscious. It's actually, it is physically in your body. You got it. You got it. So talk therapy is great. Psychotherapy is great, but it has its limits. And with this practice, it's a somatic practice. You're able to drop the mind, bring up, surface the subconscious and allow the, the body to heal and release it because the body retains 70 to 75% of that emotion, that feeling 70 to 75%. That's a lot. So yes, you can, and you notice, you know, people that have been going to therapy for years, they can tell you exactly what's wrong with them. 
but they still retain that energy and they're still having those, those patterns in their lives. What breath work does, it allows you to drop into a space where the body finally feels safe to release it from the body. Mm. So you're not only able to release it intellectually, which is a piece of it, but now the biggest piece of it is the body retains the memory and the feeling. So what happens when the, when the individual is out and about and something happens where they feel unsafe, they go back to that. The body's like, okay, I'm not feeling safe right now. This is what we're going to do to protect ourselves. And that's that pattern, that habit that people usually are unhappy with themselves about. So the body says we're safe now. We can feel this emotion. We could feel this. We can release it from the body. So anytime something happens, you're able to stay still, analyze the problem and be like, oh, not make it part of you and just deal with the situation rather than having the somatic piece, the body react. And then when the body reacts, feels unsafe, obviously what's going to come out is not, is not healthy. Yeah. It, it, that, that, that pattern I, I have found typically has been established for like a very long time. Yes. And it gets to that whole thing of like not being conscious or not being present. Like when you run your pattern, mm-hmm. you're not being present. You got it. You're going back to some older reference frame. You got it. Exactly. As always, Dominic just does a great job and like just sealing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you got it. That that's exactly what happens. We'll we'll have you back for more podcasts. (laughs) So so you, you see people now, I know you see people in your breathwork classes and there are many people there. Um, and, um, always in beautiful spaces too. You know, I've, I've gone, to your breathwork places yeah. in, in several different places, always wonderful. And you also um, see clients one on one for breathwork. Um, tell me about patterns that you've seen because I really want things to be as accessible. What we're talking about be accessible as many people as possible. So, you know, it's it's not just us talking. What I really want to do is share with people tips and tools for healing, for becoming their, their own healer. And also when you give people an idea of like how to recognize themselves, because I know many people might hear this and say, well, that's not me or I've dealt with it. And like, you, you know, that's, that's like for other people, but what are patterns that you see that maybe other people could I, identify in themselves that you think your work and breath work can assist with? Okay. I mean, we could go for a while with this one, but so one common pattern that I see is many individuals because we're always up in the head because we always need meaning to everything and anything. Like we need to like see it physically in material form. Um, many people, when they come to the class or not, you know, the pattern is like, they'll have this crazy somatic practice, this huge release in the body. And after the body, after the release, they quickly go to, but what was that exactly? Mm. What, what exactly was that? You have to understand it. They have to understand it. But the funny part is that you'll start hearing them go to, well, I think it has to do with, um, because I, I just, you know, this, this whole thing with self-love or the shame, or they'll go to, oh, well, you know, I, maybe the whole thing with my dad growing up and you'll start seeing them go through this dialogue mm-hmm. and you're just there and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then quickly they'll be like, but no, 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 I don't know what it was. It was just this huge release. I mean, I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel great. But no, maybe, no, because I didn't see an image of my dad and I didn't think of my dad or, oh, I didn't, I did I, I feel good about myself right now. Maybe it wasn't the shame. Like, and then you'll start hearing them question and you're just there like, no, like, you know exactly what's you wrong. You had it. You had it. You're there. You're th- <laughs> that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And then they go to you like, so what do you think it is? It's like, well, I don't think you're going to like to, you're not going to want to hear what I have to say, mm. you know, because I can see the conflict right now happening. So, and then what happens, Dominic, is that this individual, they have such a great experience. The rest of their week is amazing. They feel great. Their connections are better. They're not feeling that, you know, maybe if shame is something they're working on, or maybe if they're working on sexuality, they feel more comfortable with their partner or they're, they're not, they feel safer with men or all this stuff starts happening, but then they come right back to my class, which is great. But sometimes they come right back to my class and being like, 
they're not integrating what's happening. Rather, they're coming back to the class and just wanting to continue to experience, thinking that the experience, yeah, the experience does the work, does the work um, energetically. But now you have to start integrating it into your life. So the pattern quickly is for people to just keep coming to the class and feeling good, feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. Yeah. So it's like, and they're feeling the release and then it's, and then the week they're feeling great. They're feeling great. But then they come right back to the class and they're not getting, it's like breath work is, is surfacing it, but they're not wanting to do the daily work. You know, I, I'm so glad you said that word integration. I mean, I know it's been a buzzword between us. Um, and you, you shared this experience with me. I mean, we didn't do it together, but, you know, I, I did a, a Vipassana meditation, you know, 10-day silent yeah. one. And, you know, I must say, while I was in it, I came to a profound realization. I said, oh, I, I get it. I understand why people are not really getting through the stuff that they want to get through mm-hmm. with their meditation practices and their yoga practices because they're having some realizations, but they're actually not going deep enough into themselves to actually release what's causing them to want to come back to meditation or yoga or, or, or say like breath work. You got it. So, so tell me a, a bit about integration. I know we could go on on that <laughs> one, but like, you know, let's, let me hear it from you and like share it with other people. So you have an experience, you have no realizations. What is integration and why is it so important? So you said, so you have the experience, you have the emotion. So what happens? The body is still, is still, you're going to, you're going to release it from the body energetically. You know, the mind may still is understanding what's happening, but there's still that, you know, the, the, the wiring, you know, there's still that habit, you know, it's it. So what happens is if we don't, it's like a sport. If you don't continue to practice and practice and practice on it, you don't master it, mm-hmm. right? So here you're playing the sport mediocre. So you're going to breath work, you're surfacing this, you're releasing the energy. Um, and then you go back, you do maybe another modality, you go and do Reiki, you do this, you do that, but you're not mastering it. How you master it is during the integration mm-hmm. is, okay, let me now work on, let me meditate in the morning. Let me get, let me get centered. So when I go out in my day, I'm able to, um, pick up or be aware of when this, whatever it is that you're working on, when this emotion, this feeling is creeping up or when I'm reacting or when I'm doing this. So it's that integration of actually embodying what you're releasing and what you worked on. It's actually making it part of your life now rather than, Oh, that, that used to be me. Oh, it's coming up again. Now it's like, let me start making this a way of living, mm-hmm. not the old pattern. And then what happens is if you don't inter- if you don't start doing that work, you know, using whatever modality, I mean, for me, it's meditation in the morning. For me, it's, you know, breathing techniques, not breath work, but breathing techniques. There is a difference. Um, for me, it's actually being in partnership now or in relationship, um, communicating with people or, putting it into my job. So it's like, that's my integration and constantly being aware of it. Constantly being aware so, of it. So, so even in relationship partnership, you, this becomes part totally. of your integration totally. process. Totally. Yeah. Completely. I mean, that's like the mastering of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you said one word, like, you know, when you embody and you know, that one really resonates with me because <laughs> you know, they you know, information, great mm-hmm. knowledge, great wisdom, Wisdom is embodiment. Is yes, you- I agree. I completely agree. That's a well said. Yes. Mm. Well said. And that's the thing is that sometimes people, um, yeah, like they go hand in hand. So people think that, you know, that, oh, I released that energy. I feel good. I feel great. And then they're like, but why? We're always going to have things to work on. But why come back for the same thing to work on? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like I tell people, they're like, when can I come back to breath work? I'm like, wait, 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 <laughs> wait a month or so. Like work on what just came up. Yeah. But then you see them next week. And I'm okay with that for somebody that's actually doing like, you know, I'm not saying that's how I did it, but I took it very serious. So when things surface was like, all right, let's put it to work. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do this. Like, and then it got to the point where I was a little too rigid and I wasn't embodying it, but it's, it's like, okay, if you're going to come back next week, you have homework. 
Don't mm. come back to class if you don't have your homework done. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And, you know, um, I see that with many. So what happens? You go see a psychic. They tell you all this great stuff. And then why are you going back to go see a psychic? Because you want to go and hear it again. Yeah. Because you're not doing your homework. Or they go to a Reiki healer. Reiki's great. It helps people, it helps, you know, move the energy or heal different, you know, pain or whatnot. But what happens? The person keeps going to someone else mm -hmm. to help them with their pain. It's great every now and then. Maybe it's a little rebooster. You know, we've been doing internal work. Let me go. Okay. I just want to go get a massage right now. But what's sustainable is you yourself learning how to access that on your own because you can mm -hmm. and clear it yourself and work on it yourself. And that's the integration piece, I think, too. That's part of it. Like doing the practicing it. Okay, let me touch here. Let me feed here. Oh, today my stomach hurt. Why is it hurting? What happened today? Oh, I had fear. I had this. I had that. My left lower quadrant. What is this? Or my, you know, my my ovaries. I'm having cysts. Why am I getting cysts? The, you know, there's like, it's all like, it's getting in tune with your body. Your body's talking to you. Every organ has an emotion attached to it. Um, and, and every certain parts of your body as well, their feelings, emotions, we're not letting go of it's tied to an, every physical pain is tied to an emotion of some sort. You know, Gina, I, I, I feel such great hope and optimism hearing you talk here because I'm saying, Oh my goodness, whatever comes up, I can resolve it. Um, which, you know, really I think is, is the, the sense that, that you would communicate to anyone if they were, were actually in conversation with you, but you've also had that experience yourself myself you got it yeah. and just recently um i it was really bad it was my left lower quadrant so that's why i use these examples it was um and you know i'm in the medical field so i know everything possible that could be wrong with me and mm -hmm. then when my whole menstrual cycle thing happened to i knew everything possible i can go into surgery we can do this we can remove that so like when this was happening i'm like let me go to a colorectal surgeon i think it's my my sigmoid it might be oh my gosh i might have a diverticulitis like i was going off the wall because mm -hmm. i know everything possible that can happen but once i took a step back and obviously all my studies came back clear everything mm -hmm. comes back fine every i don't need anything so then the pain is still there and it's like oh gina you got to practice what you preach uh -huh. so it's it's you know obviously when you're going through it it's like oh my gosh how am i gonna get rid of this can i just can i just go into surgery and get this removed <laughs> like that's so much easier like i know what this looks like and you know if i just but no it's okay let me let me be the embodiment so it's like okay let me tap into this let me feel this okay Oh, okay. It's my, okay. My intestine, but it's not my intestine because and then I'm feeling it. It has to, you know, if it's, it is my intestine, I know there's an underlying organ that I, why it got to the intestine. So then it's like, Oh, it's my spleen that's married to the intestine. What is the spleen? Oh, overthinking fear, not enough. Oh, that makes sense. Where does this show up in my life? Oh, it's showing up right here. Mm. Ah, this is my work. All right, let me go release this energetically and then let me bring it into my daily practice. So yes, um, everything I do speak of, I was a patient myself. Wow. That's, that's incredible. You have yeah, this process, but I mean, really so necessary. And it's actually, it's what we should all be doing. Totally. Totally. I mean, there's the temptations always to look for someone outside Externally, of ourselves. Externally. Always. Yeah. And I see it in surgery. Mm. Now, why was I going home and I was exhausted is because I was in these surgeries. I was going in with the surgery. I was seeing certain, I'm not saying every patient, but a good amount of patients were removing stuff that if they just gave themselves six to nine months to do some energy work, some internal work, some um, change their diets, change their environment, work on the stress. They do not need, they do not need that surgery. Mm. So what was happening energetically as I was shifting, I was changing. I didn't know my awareness of this in the surgery was causing me to be depleted, to get tired when I went home because I was in a space where I'm like, energetically, they're like, I'm like, this can be fixed. Oh my gosh. Only if this, only if the surgeon knew a little bit more about holistic care or energy, he could inform the patient. And it was just this whole thing. Uh, I'm not saying again, I'm not saying every surgery, but a good amount of surgeries didn't need to be done. So I was going home energetically exhausted wow. because I was supporting something. I was in a surgery um, that did, did, didn't need to be done. 
Yeah. And and this was before you had found like, your own outlet with, with breath work. You got it. You got it. Exactly. And so, the, and then it's not always the physician because the patient, I mean, nowadays there's so much information out there. Like, I mean, you, you can access so much. It's, so it's the patient kind of sees, you know what? I don't have time to do this inner work and this is really uncomfortable. Let's just remove it. Let's just remove it. Mm. I'll feel better after. But that what the individual doesn't know is we're brought into this life with all these organs for a reason. So when you remove something energetically inside the body, I mean, Oh, so we, there's a lot. We want our complete set. You want your complete set. Oh, Oh, okay. Not to sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, getting, getting towards closing, just want to ask you like, cause we covered a lot of things going so many different ways. Um, I'll ask for like a, like a, a reading resource or even a website second. But the first thing I'll ask for is what would be, um, something not to be reductionist, but what would be something that you encourage someone to go towards if they're interested in their own healing, they feel like they've got something. And of course, you know, acknowledging that, you know, like traditional medicine is always going to be available and will never not be an option. But let's say, you know, they're open to, to other uh, forms of healing. What would you encourage them to look at or to try? Somatic practices. Somatic practices. Because somatic practices is it brings the individual into the state of, again, it drops you into this non-ordinary state of consciousness. Mm. It drops the mind. It quiets the mind. You do this in meditation. You drop the mind, right? But here you're using a technique, whether it be breathing. There's other somatic practices. In my case, it's breathing. You're, you're active. You're active. You're, you're waking up the body. You're moving energy. You fall into the state. And what happens? the individual comes into real, like realizes, Oh my gosh, it's my breath that healed whatever, whatever it is that's coming up right now. And somatic practices really shows the individual that they are their own healer. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can have a facilitator. Yes. You can work with shamans. You know, obviously I, long, you know, as you know, I work with my ancestors and my guides, they help assist this particular individual to help him or her get to whatever state they need where they feel safe. So bam, they feel safe. They're vulnerable. We're holding the space for them, facilitating, moving, helping them move the energy as they're releasing it. But now they feel safe. They can access the body feeling completely vulnerable and safe and start, start, um, um, start, uh, having a relationship with their own inner healer, their own shaman. Mm. So somatic practices, breath work, breath work. Yeah. And are, I'm a huge fan of movement, huge fan of movement, whatever that looks like. Um, uh, yoga is great practice. All types of yoga is a great practice. Um, walking, running, exercising. Um, I think what happens with people, especially, you know, I don't want to say people, but it happened with me. Um, the way for me to get an, just a little peek into meditation was through fitness, hmm. was moving the body because I would get into the state of just all those hormones are being released. All those good chemicals are being released. So I'd feel good. And what would happen is I worked out before I would go to work and I would get like all ev I would like literally have every, like, ex like every agenda set in my head. Like I would set up my whole agenda, my whole work. What am I going to do with this? Like I would strategize during workouts mm. because it would put me in that state. So I think for people that have never meditated, obviously breath work is great because it accidentally drops you into meditative state. Um, but if that's still too woo woo for you, Go into fitness, work out, get a practice, a movement practice that can give you a peek into what it looks like to be in that meditative state or into, in the zone, yeah. which the zone is the same as meditation. I think it's just a different type of meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So many, uh, so much literature is out there about being in, in flow. 
flow. And, there you and, go, flow state. And trying to create it and optimize for yeah. it. So the, the second thing I was going to ask is just like a resource. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, like a, a reading resource. Like someone, actually, I won't limit. So like oh. certain podcast series, a book, well, like a website. Dominic, hello, your podcast. <laughs> well, of course. You know, people um, just keep coming back. You know, you'll, you'll get it all eventually. Gosh, yeah. Um, but... Um, a good resource for reading. Um, gosh, there's so many good stuff out there that, you know, uh, look at the end of the day. Okay. I I know I'm not going to probably answer your question, but it's one thing will lead you to the, to another, like, you know, Ram Dass was for me, you know, um, I know when you recommended, um, the surrender experience, I was at the perfect time to read that book. Um, you know, there's, um, Stan Groff, Dr. Stan Groff is great. I mean, there's so many good ones that I can mention, but I, it's where you are in life. So it's like reach, you know, reach for things, obviously read things, listen to podcasts that resonate with you, but don't rely on them. Make it them, make them your own. Mm. So some people use them as crutches. Like, Oh, I just learned something. I have all this education. I understand it. I'm good. But rather like, listen to it, hear it, embody it, become it, make it your own, you know, make it your own Eckhart Tolle. Like, okay, Eckhart Tolle can set like a nice little, like a little framework for you, but it's like, okay, I get a little bit of Eckhart Tolle. Okay. Maybe I got some Stan Groff. I got some, like, you know, make it your own at the end of the day. So listen to the stuff out there, but make it your own at the end of the day. Like that's, that's my thing. Gina, as you, as you answer that one, I, I, I realized the perfect gift I would give give to you knowing you over time and hearing this answer and in, in hearing you over time is I, I make you a t-shirt that's that read. I am my own authority. Ah, but you're saying, so you, you, oh, you, you would, would, you would be walking around with it saying I am my own authority because I think you've encouraged me and you also encourage other people to do. It's like, yeah, Hey, that's great. The exploration is good. Do that and make it your own. And you need to figure this out for yourself. Yes. Don't rely on someone outside of yourself. That's the only way it becomes sustainable. So like when people come to me like, Oh my gosh, you healed me. You did this for me. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. We, we worked together. I helped you. But what I really did was help you access a certain part of you that needed to be open in order for us to go in. So at the end of the day, it's like, no, you, you did it. So it's like, nobody's, you know, guru and all this stuff. It's like, you're on your own guru. Like it's, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so tempted to open the door to a coronavirus conversation right now. Oh gosh. But I won't. I like tune in next time to, to have that, that conversation. Um, so in, in closing, Gina, how do people get in contact with yeah. you if they're interested in, in what you're doing and if they want to take breath work? Or maybe like a private with you. Yeah. So, um, I do. So obviously this has opened up so much for me. So I do breath work. I do privates one-on-ones. I do, um, energy work. Um, I do mix. So it's just, it's very catered now, but a lot of energy work and breath work, um, group breath works grew. Uh, I do one-on-one sessions as well. They can reach, uh, they can find me at, I just breathe on Instagram and my website is ijustbreathe.com. And yeah, you can, you can just access me like that. You can email me if you have any questions. If not, I do, um, group, um, events, uh, locally here in Miami, um, through design district, the Gable, South Miami and in, um, Aventura. Okay. Fantastic. Gina, thank you thank so you. much. Wealth of knowledge. I appreciate everything that you share with everyone and your time. Thank Most you, Dominic. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Healerology podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and presence. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show. Until next time, stay healthy and go within.